stands for Internet SCSI, and SCSI is nothing more than the Small Computer System Interface. It's basically a set of standards for physically connecting and transferring data between computers and peripherals. On most high-end servers, you will find that instead of an IDE device, you have SCSI hard drives or SCSI uh, components. And this is nothing more than um, a high-end box with a SCSI card of some type. And then this SCSI card has a cable or wire that connects to the storage. The storage can be internal, which could be a, a few hard drives inside the computer, or it can be external storage um, on, an, on an enclosed box. And uh, through that SCSI cable, it connects to, to, to that. Um, what iSCSI does is it basically uses the IP network instead of the cable, but it uses the same set of protocols that we just talked about, the SCSI protocols. But um, it sends those protocols over the existing IP network instead of using that um, SCSI cable. So basically you can have um, your enterprise storage in a room uh, and then have servers all over the campus that connect to it through the existing network. Um, and, th and by doing so, it's very similar to a storage area network or a SAN, which when we talk about a SAN, we usually mean a fiber channel SAN. And a fiber channel SAN is way more expensive than a iSCSI SAN because of the fact that you have to buy a fiber channel switch and then you have to buy an HBA card for each of the computers that want to connect to that storage and they all need to interconnect through a switch. So you have this dedicated network of um, uh, fiber channel network, which is very expensive. When iSCSI is nothing more than just a computer with a bunch of disks that, are, um, that can be accessed by encapsulating those SCSI, um, that, that SCSI protocol through the existing IP network. Um, let's talk about some of the concepts in, uh, with iSCSI. There are two basic concepts that you need to know with iSCSI. One is your initiator, and the other one is your target. Your initiator is basically uh, your iSCSI client. This is a computer that wants to connect to the iSCSI server that holds the storage, which is your target. Initiators come in two forms. One is a software initiator, which basically just uses uh, uh, code to implement iSCSI. Um, and this is usually a process that runs on your Linux box and I will show you how to set up a software initiator on your Linux uh, VM and um, for more high-end systems you can use a hardware initiator which um, which has two pieces one is the piece that does the network part of things and that is the TCP offload engine or tow card and then uh, um, and then another piece that does all the, the, the pieces that involve with the CPU um, and, and the, the host bus adapter pieces. So you have a, 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 a CPU intensive process and then you have a, a, a network intensive process. And when, when you do it as a hardware uh, initiator, then you have those two components that are, uh, that are doing those things. As opposed to software, which is all done by the, the, the the operating system and the process that runs on the operating system. And uh, usually when you do it with software, you have a dedicated gigabit card to do the network piece and then the CPU of the, the, the client or the, the computer that's connected to the storage does all the processing, which uh, um, it's, it's not that much. 
So that's your client. Now on the server side is is called target. The target is nothing more than just a bunch of disks that are connected to uh, some sort of a, a computer, and um, and these uh, uh, can talk this iSCSI protocol with the initiators. Um, there are many companies that, that, that sell you these storage arrays, iSCSI storage arrays. NetApp is a, a very famous company. Um, we, um, for this class, we've set up a, a iSCSI uh, array that um, we got from Promise Technology. And um, it's a Promise VTRAC M610i. And I will show you here um, more about that system. Um, a couple of other uh, terms that you need to know with iSCSI is the LUN. LUN stands for Logical Unit Number. It basically represents an individually addressable SCSI device that is part of the SCSI uh, uh, device, of the physical SCSI device or target. Okay, so when you have, uh, um, you, when you have your target, you, you can create LUNs, and LUNs are basically the partitions that your, your client or initiators will see. And uh, when you do fdisk minus L, these are the, the, the actual partitions that you will see. And on the operating system side, they look like a partition on, uh, or a device, a hard, a hard drive device locally to the computer. There's, there's no difference. The operating system doesn't know the difference. Um, so that's, uh, that's your uh, LUN. And then um, we have this iSCSI qualified name or IQN, and I will show you more when I demo this Promise Technology um, SCSI uh, server. So let's talk about um, the Promise Technology box here. Um, as you can see, the IQN for this. So when we talk about IQN, um, these are um, set for both the, um, the target and the initiator. Um, and here, if you look, this is the IQN for the target. So later on, when we connect to this machine from the initiator, we will see this IQN. And that's how you know which box you're connecting to. Okay, this is your qualified name, your iSCSI qualified name. So that's basically what you have here. Again, this is a VTRAX M610i. And um, let's see what else I can show you here that makes sense. Let's go to this tab called Portal. And the target has two IPs. Okay, it has two gigabit. Um, um, so it looks like a 2U server, just a, just a server. And, and, and inside that server are all the hard drives. And actually, when you buy this box from Promise Technology, it comes with no hard drives. You have to provide your own hard drives. And the, uh, uh, the hard drives are actually SATA hard drives. And so we loaded, uh, I think, 16 hard drives. And um, the, the, the system itself has two network cards, and they're both connected to a gigabit switch. And these are the IP addresses for, um, for each of the uh, network cards. What I did was I created a dedicated network to do my storage. Uh, and then um, each, of, um, each of the clients will have a dedicated network card also to have this traffic be isolated just for the storage. Um, and again, it's TCP port 3260 where all the communication um, happens. Okay, one more thing I'm going to show you here is the sessions. These are um, the initiators that have connected to this target box 
and are looking at the storage currently. Uh, you can see several of them right here. This is the IP address. This is actually the server. So on the CST570E server, now I'm connected to uh, the target machine and I have like, um, I think a terabyte of storage where I'm putting so much of VMs. Um, and then we have a second uh, um, LAN they've created and uh, I have two servers connecting to that LAN. And actually the only way that two, two different machines can connect to a LAN is, to the same LAN, is if that um, file system is a, uh, a cluster file system. Because usually you, would, you wouldn't want two different um, devices to connect to the same LAN because if you do that with a regular uh, file system such as like, Extended 3, that will get corrupted when the second one tries to access it and you would lose your data. But actually here on this LAN, I am running the, uh, a cluster file system and uh, these two different machines can access the same LAN. Okay, so now I'm here on my VM, and the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to run the ifconfig command, and I can see ifconfig here has all my interfaces, and in order to connect to the iSCSI network, as I mentioned, that's a dedicated network, so we need to have an IP in the 192.168.100 network, so this particular VM has an interface there, and it's ready to go and connect, okay? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go here and I have a text file with my basic stuff and I'm gonna go through these steps. The first thing is you need to use yum and install two utilities iSCSI initiator, initiator util, utils and LSSCSI. This one here basically provides you all the tools necessary to connect to an iSCSI network and then this one here helps you um, do an LS or, or see the LANs available to you. Okay. So um, I'm going to go ahead and run this command, but um, I already have this installed on my VM, so to save time, I, I've already ran this command, but you will have to run that command, okay? The next thing is um, I'm going to go here and show you. If I go to logical drive 2033, this particular uh, logical drive, I've created a LUN 126 for it and the initiator name is CSC570E-226 and that's the one I'm going to use for uh, my uh, my VM okay um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to VI this file the etc iSCSI initiator name that iSCSI file this particular file is where you input the initiator name okay by default it will be an IQN, Red Hat, something, something. So we're going to go ahead and erase all of that. And instead, we're going to copy and paste the one that, the initiator name that we uh, created for LUN126, which is the one that I want mapped here. Okay, so we're going to put that there. Alright, so now I have my LUN. And the next step is, um, I'm going to run this, run this command called iSCSI ADM. In Red Hat 5.0 and CentOS, which is what we're using, CentOS 5, uh, all the iSCSI parameters are um, are executed through this iSCSI ADM utility. So we're going to do a discovery and we're going to pass it the IP address of our uh, 
iSCSI target server, okay? So I'm going to go back here and I'm going to run this command and pass one of the IPs of the iSCSI ADM. But first, I forgot I need to start the iSCSI service, okay? Before I run that command, I need to start that iSCSI service, okay? The iSCSI service needs to be running before I can run that command, okay? So I run that and now that it's running, I can run this iSCSI ADM discovery. Okay, and immediately it discovered the one that's listening on port 20 and the one that's listening on port 30. And uh, it gives me the IQNs, okay? So now that I, I've discovered them, I'm going to restart. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to echo some stars into var log messages. And then I'm going to restart the iSCSI service. This time when I restart it, since it already knows where the um, target server is, it will actually uh, bring in the LUNs that are available for me under initiator name CSC570E student26. Okay, so this time I'll restart it. Okay, now if I look at my var log messages, okay, so if we go here, there should be two LUNs available. One is going to be our shared LUN, and then the other one is going to be um, this. So one is going to be this LUN 126, which is my LUN just available for me. And then the other one is going to be a shared LUN that I've made available for everybody, which is LUN 101. And that's the one that we're going to use to install the Oracle cluster file system. Okay? So let's look in here. So right away we have an SDB and an SDC device, okay? This is a hard drive device, SDB and SDC. This is a LUN that's available to me, and that is my shared LUN 101, okay? And also I should have an SD, let's see, SDD and SDE device, okay? And to see a better um, representation of this, I can run the command SCSI. No, it's ls SCSI. Okay, so here I can see it better. This number after the colon is the LUN. So LUN 101, which is my shared LUN, okay? is device DevSDB and DevSDC. The reason there's two devices is because I showed you before this target server actually has um, has two network interfaces for um, fault tolerance. So if one of those devices, if one of those NIC cards failed, I can still access the device um, through the other interface, okay? And um, so that's good. That's what I want. Now, the LAN that I'll use uh, as an um, that is available just to me under my initiator name CSC five seventy student twenty six is this one here, the Dev SDD and Dev SDE. Okay. So real quick. I'm going to go here and show you uh, Logical Drive 5.
So I'm gonna go back to my promise and I'm gonna go to logical drive 5 and show you the shared LUN, the 101 LUN. I already showed you the 126 which is just assigned to me but now I'm gonna show you logical drive 5 and I'm gonna go to LUN map and I'm gonna show you um, how this particular LUN is shared to everybody student 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 all these initiators can access this LUN so the only way to be able to do this is and here is 26 which is me the only way for the same LUN to be mounted by different initiators is to use a cluster file system okay so the next thing I'm gonna show you is how to run a cluster file system so that multiple initiators can mount the same partition. Okay, so I'm going to go back here to my server. I'm going to clear. And actually, I'm going to bring up my sheet here. Okay, and then um, the first thing I'm going to do is. Um, So I have these two devices available to me. So I want to take the LUN 101 and, and use it as an OCFS partition, okay? This particular LUN 101 already has been formatted as, as, as a uh, OCFS2 partition. All I need to do is just mount it under my VM using my initiator, okay? To do that, I need to install the OCFS2 um, cluster file system. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make their OCFS2 just a directory where I'm going to copy the LCFS2 files and then I'm going to FTP to the server connect this anonymous go to the pub directory and then go to the OCFS2 directory and inside this directory I'm going to see several OCFS2 uh, RPMs so what I'm going to do is run the prompt so I don't get prompt and mget star that RPM to get all those files okay I got all those files now some of these files are dependent on the kernel okay so um, you gotta make sure you're running this kernel the 2.618-194.11.3 kernel okay the reason is is because um, a few of these files such as the actual OCFS2 module are dependent on the kernel that you're running so if you upgrade your kernel you gotta get a different OCFS2 module RPM okay the one that I have in the FTP is for this kernel so I've also uh, included in that same OCFS2 directory the uh, the kernel 2.618 which is not the the base kernel that comes with CentOS 5 it's, it's it's actually one that you need to upgrade to okay the way to check that is by running the uname command so if you run the uname command and you don't have this kernel you need to go and um, basically do an RPM minus UVH to upgrade to this kernel and then reboot your system and then make sure you name um, verifies that you have the right kernel okay that matches the one used by the uh, OCFS module okay so what, what I'm going to do next is RPM minus IVH to install star OCFS2 star so it will install every file in this directory that starts with the OCFS2 
Okay, very good. So then now the next thing I need to do is go to the server and get some files, okay? This particular partition is going to be um, a shared partition. So I need to know all of the hosts that are going to be um, sharing this partition. So what I need to do is go back to the etc directory and um, FTP, FTP, connect back to Synonymous. Go to the pub directory and get the host file. Okay, that's it. you want to do that as ASCII and get hosts. Okay, in this host file, you'll have the list of all the IP addresses that are going to be sharing um, the that uh, that resource. Okay, and in this case, the 120 interface is the one that we're using for the cluster to talk to each other. So all the hosts in the cluster will talk to, through this interface here, the ETH1. The ETH2 is the partition used for the uh, this host to connect to the iSCSI server. Okay, So ETH1 is to talk to the cluster uh, file system and ETH2 is dedicated for iSCSI communications. So usually on an enterprise server you're going to have different uh, NIC cards doing different things. And that's the case here. Okay, so I have my host file. Then uh, I need to enable SSH so that all the the hosts that are going to connect to the cluster can talk to each other also. That way, if there's any changes, the changes can be propagated automatically. So I, to do that, I need to have an authorized keys file with the public keys of all the um, all all the um, systems that are going to connect to this cluster file system and I've already created that for you so you just have to go to the FTP server and get it so FTP anonymous cpub ascii and get authorized keys okay if we look at that file it has all the keys of all the hosts okay so we got that then uh, finally the next thing we need to do is go to the etc ocfs2 First, we're going to start this OCFS2 uh, service. Okay, and it's going to tell me that failed. Okay, very good. So what I'm going to do is um, run the O2CB. This is actually the cluster uh, service. Okay. The reason that I need to run this is so that it creates this file etc ocfs2. Okay, it didn't create it. So what I'm going to do is uh, let's see, etc init that the o2 load. I need to load it first. Okay, okay. So now it's loaded. Let's see if it's created. Okay. So then. I'm gonna do etc init that the OCFS2 start. So there are two services. One that takes care of the actual cluster, which is the O2CB, and one that is the the, the module that gets loaded into the kernel, uh, which is the OCFS2 module. Okay, so now I'm gonna start that. Unable to access cluster, okay, join group. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to make there etc ocfs2. Okay, and I'm going to go to that directory etc ocfs2, and inside the directory I'm going to FTP to the server. 
connect this anonymous ask you again cdpub getcluster.com okay this particular file cluster.com will show you all the members of the cluster okay so these are all the nodes that are part of the cluster in our case we have 26 nodes okay and it's an OCFS2 okay so I'm gonna minimize this now and actually I'm gonna go to the VMware console and go to the same VM but through the um, X window, so I can run this command OCFS to console. Okay. Here, as you can see, it already detected my SDB partition. Okay. And if we go here to tasks, we can edit the slot count, and it's already set to 26, so that's good. It's reading our files very well. So now, uh, if we want to propagate this configuration to all the clusters, uh, this is where it needs that SSH authorized keys to do that. But we're not going to do that since everybody's going to do that themselves. Um, if we were managing this all from here, that would actually help because then you would just run this once and um, allow it to. Uh, propagate that same configuration to all your different hosts. Okay, so I'm gonna stop this. I'm gonna kill this. Okay, so let me start again. Just wanted to show you that so you know how to do that. So OCFS2 console, back to it. It's seen my partitions. Okay, here under tasks, I don't want to format it because this particular file system is already formatted. But if it was a brand new LUN that was available to you and it wasn't formatted yet, you would do format. Okay, when you format an OCFS2 partition, it will ask you how many uh, hosts or nodes are going to be part of the cluster. And that's where I told it 26. And then you have to give it a label, which in my case is Oracle. Okay, and then once you do that, you in, if all your uh, nodes are up, you can propagate this stuff to the nodes. Okay, but if you go to configure nodes, you will see a list of all the nodes. So it's reading that cluster.com file, okay? So here's all the nodes, okay? So really, I'm ready to go here. The only thing I need to do is do a mount, okay? If I go and do mount, uh, the reason this is knows where all this stuff is is because I've already, ahead of time, I've gone to my VETCFS tab, I VI that file, and I've added the entries for this particular partition, okay? So let me show you what we need to do. The partition is SDB1, okay, and and we got that through the SCSI, through the LS SCSI command, okay. We know that LUN 101, which we know is the shared OCFS LUN, is um, device dev sdb we could use dev sdb or dev sdc either one in our case we're using dev sdb okay so we'll go back to the fs staff so i told it that this device i one mounted under mount iSCSI it's an ocfs2 partition and these are the parameters that we need to pass to it okay just copy these just like they're here underscore net dev this tells it that it's a network device and then data volume dash 
uh, comma no INTR and then zero zero. Okay. Now the other partition that we have is uh, LS is the other LAN which is SD LAN one twenty six which is just made available to me and this device SDD. Okay. So this LAN I want it mounted under opt app oracle and this one is an extended three partition it's already formatted so I don't need to do anything I just need to mount it and it's also a net dev uh, device okay so I have these already on my fstab file so I'm gonna exit the fstab file and go back to OCFS console and since I already have that it knows where the mount point is and what the options are and Go ahead and hit OK and see if it works. Oh, looks like it works. So now it's mounted. I'm going to quit. Okay, I'm going to go back to my terminal. I'm going to DF minus H and I'm going to do a mount minus A so it mounts the other I have the SDB1 partition which is the uh, OCFS2 partition but I'm going to do mount minus A so it mounts the other SCSI partition which is the LUN126 so DF minus H now shows both the SDB1 and the SDD1 mounted one is mounted under mount SCSI the other one that is mount under OptApp Oracle okay very good so then if I go to mount iSCSI, I can see that I put previously a file called Telos SQL, and this is a shared file system. So now we have two nodes that have actually mounted successfully. these commands here to show you some of the stats on the OCFS. So I'm connected here. I'm going to run this command here. Debugfs.ocfs2-r slot map and then I'm going to grab this dev sdb1. Okay? It's telling me that in slot 0, I have node 0 that's connected and grab that. And in slot 1 is node 25. Okay? So these two nodes right now are using the cluster. Okay, again, this is debug OCFS2 R slot map and then the device name. And these nodes, 0 and 25, you can find in that cluster.com file, which is in etc ocfs2 cluster.conf. Okay? In here, if we go at the top, we can see that instructor 1 is 0, and 25 is etest88. So these are two hosts that I have running right now that have mounted um, the cluster file system.
when you all get done, we'll see all of your uh, nodes uh, showing up when we run that command.